Welcome to the Beyond the Back Paddock podcast for 2024 and Series 2. Who would have thought Series 2? Over the coming few podcasts, I'll be bringing you some experts in all facets of well-being, um, including um, today's guest. Um, And hopefully that'll help you create a better 2024 for yourself. Today's guest is a good friend and a colleague, Tori Truitt. Tori is an exercise physiologist and um, we met uh, eight or nine years ago. In this conversation, Tori shares his journey from a health and fitness um, expert in the the health and fitness industry to hospitality and then back again. Uh, It's quite a journey. He discusses the importance of of practicing what you preach and, and staying in your lane which is really important. Tori emphasises the need to, for personal health and accountability and setting boundaries to avoid burnout. He also highlights the link between physical and mental health and the benefits of exercise. Tori provides some simple tips and strategies for everyone to use incorporating exercise and nutrition into their daily life. He shares his goal of making an impact in men's mental health or men's physical health and the importance of finding a mentor. The conversation explores the importance of supportive networks and well-rounded team, filtering advice and keeping things simple. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for having me on, Warren. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and it's great seeing what you're doing in this space. Well done. Uh, thanks, mate. No, it's um, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a journey over the last few years that um that we've probably all been on, but um, yeah, so it's good to catch up with you again. I just want to start off with an interesting question for you um, before we get into who you are and what you do. Um, but can you share a moment from your past um, that changed your perspective on life or, or shaped who you are today? Is there a, a specific moment in time? Um, it's a very good question, um, and there's probably a, nu- a number um, of incidents, but probably the most recent one, uh, which I really struggled with, was probably the last four years. I'd been in the health and fitness industry for 20-odd years, um, and more recently I thought I'd get out, try something different, relocate from Victoria to um, northern New South Wales for a little bit of a lifestyle change. I got into hospitality thinking it was going to be easier, it was going to be a better lifestyle, work less, make more money. Um, little did I know that I was going to get ripped off, um, lose all my money, and even got to the stage where I cut off three fingers. thought I was going to be you know, walking around with a thumb and a pointer finger. Um, six and a half hours of microsurgery and I, um, I kept my fingers. They're, they're not as good. But it was interesting because someone that's always preached health and fitness and connectivity and eating, sleeping, exercising every day, I sort of went into a bit of a hole because um, I threw myself into a deep end and instead of buying one restaurant, I bought two. Instead of one being successful, they were both failures. Uh, and then we had COVID and all that sort of stuff. And I found myself just um, doing completely the role reversal to what I've been preaching for the last 20 odd years. Um, you know, I was drinking alcohol i wasn't exercising i was eating poorly i wasn't sleeping everything that i'd preached i'd gone against i'd withdrawn from my mates that i'd grown up with um for many years 
um, and we'll probably talk about it later, but social connectivity is, is super important. But I just put my head down uh, and buried myself in the trenches, hoping like hell I'd be able to um, dig myself out. But uh, the moral of the story is I wasn't be- wasn't able to do it, and I certainly wasn't able to do it by myself. Uh, so again, it so- sort of taught me a lesson that you know practice what you preach, and maybe one of the key lessons that I learned is um, you know stay in your lane. I think a lot of us are always searching for for different things, and I went completely different from. Uh, health to hospitality um, and it was a rude lesson and I had young kids at the time and they probably witnessed too much between me and my wife and you know, losing our money and all that sort of jazz. Uh, I think that's sort of shaped who I am now because I think it's really important to share where you're at with your friends and I speak a lot of it back in the corporate space is we all need a team of people around us and not necessarily a big team but if you look at any successful sporting teams or companies or organisations there's key leaders and key roles within that organisation. And when you look at your personal health, I think it's imperative that you do have someone in your corner that you can share with. And it wasn't until a mate of mine flew up from Melbourne and he said, Tori, you know, a problem shared is a problem, you know, and just gave me that confidence to, you know, spill the beans and it's all right. You know, failure is uh, is a lesson. Don't look at it anything else. Um, And that was only sort of four years ago that I'd done everything that I thought to, you know, build a, a good lifestyle but it was sort of taken away from me quick smart and you know I went off the rails and, and didn't do what I'd preached for so many years so I think that sort of shaped me to where I'm at now Warren and you know back I've sort of the last 18 months heavily got back in the health space and helping predominantly um, C-suite corporate execs um, with their personal health accountability and staying true to who they are I think this day and age we've got so much noise around us and we're all guilty of these quick fixes um, and you get carried away, but stay true to yourself and, you know, have a firm understanding of what you want to do and what you want to achieve um, and try and eliminate the white noise where you can. Wow, that's a great answer, mate. Um, I wasn't expecting all of that. So that that's, um, you know, it is important to share. And I think through what I do, um, you know, I really think by sharing your own story empowers other people to share their, theirs and being vulnerable enough to share that with um with the audience, mate. That's um that's a great start to this podcast. So if we go back to your background and, and we'll, we'll stick to your lane, we've obviously heard the the foray into hospitality, but if we stick to your lane, um, give us a little bit about your background as a, a like and how you got into that originally got into the 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 i suppose physical fitness um yeah. area into that space well i guess where it started Warren, was even back to school you know i was always a sporting jock and had you know aspirations like many other kids do of playing afl football um and you know, i threw myself heavily down that lane and you know tried my hardest to make it but that's uh, it wasn't good enough quick enough fast enough tall enough strong enough um and didn't make it so Straight after uh, school, I went to university. Um, I did a sports science degree, you know, Bachelor of Applied Science, Human Movement. Um, and then came out of that, I did a rehab degree. So I did a grad dip in exercise rehabilitation. I was fortunate enough in, during um, uni, I worked at the Victorian Institute of Sport on a sports science scholarship, working with elite athletes and, you know, testing them and, you know, helping them achieve their peak performance. Now, I spent a bit of time at Canberra at the RAS and it was fascinating when I talk to corporate execs now you know, and get them to think of themselves as who's in your team. You go to an institute of sport or any 
top line sporting organisation and they have everything. They've got all, you know, all the bells and whistles and all the assets um, and, and skills to make you the best person you can. I think that's one thing that sort of excited me in terms of getting to the health space. But after the Institute of Sport experience, I went into rehab and worked in hospital settings. So I worked with TAC patients, car accident patients, which was a complete contrast, you know, going from able body to disabled body, uh, people that have, you know, um, severe injuries from car, accident, um, car accidents and sort of try to get them back to a functional capacity. And then I just sort of packed up, packed my bags and left and went overseas and travelled and ran out of money in Spain and hightailed it to London and started working for Bupa as an exercise physiologist. And I guess that's probably from there once I landed in London. Um, working in that corporate space, I started to develop and evolve my own brand. Um, and I remember when I was in year 10, you know, about 15 or 16, my dad said, I don't care what you do, Tori, but whatever you do, be self-employed. So whilst I was sort of backpacking and working my way around Europe, I kept thinking of what dad said and he was self-employed all his life. And um, I sort of had that mindset that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something by myself. So um, whilst working for Bupa in London, I started um, True Health, you know, sort of a play on words. My surname's True, so I started True Health, um, and I was training people before and after work in the corporate sector, and then decided to come back to Australia, come back to Melbourne, and launch my business there. And over the next 25 years, it sort of grew and evolved, and um, national organisation there for a while, doing um, probably about 500. PT sessions a week with a team of trainers and then we worked on site with companies and some companies were there six hours a day um, and some FIFO companies I'd go up four days a month and do um, educational seminars around health, wellness, personal health accountability, health and safety um, and on-site screenings, employment screenings. Yeah, so that so basically that whole career apart from that little bit of um a departure into the hospitality. It's all been around, um, you know, the, the fitness and, and performance or the physical health and performance of um, of big teams or or, or individuals. So um, what are some of the things that you've noticed over your career? Um, you know, we're going to talk about stuff like, like burnout and, you know, and forming habits, but what are some of the key things that you've taken out of, out of your career, what you've noticed, some of the, I suppose, some of the, the themes that you see um, when you work with an organisation with your individuals, um, you know, some of the stuff that they're not doing or doing or, you know, the combination of, of the both? It's a good question, Warren. It's probably one thing why I'm always hot and cold in regards to the industry because there's always these fads that hit the market and for one reason Another, you get all these marketing companies behind it, and, you know, and then you get all you know, society get behind it, and there's all you know, there's a rush of energy to try out you know the latest craze phase exercise routine. Um, and I think if I was to be 100 percent honest, I think you know the old school way of eating, sleeping, resting, recovering uh, is the number one thing that we should all continue to follow. And I think unfortunately, the space we and the world we live in today, we're also connected. Uh, we actually never allow to switch off you know gone in the days you know, when my dad was working it was nine to five you'd come home and you you'd never log onto a computer until you went back to work the next day there weren't mobile phones you were you know connected all the time or contactable all the time and i think that's one of the biggest issues in the corporate work um space today 
is that you always feel you're accountable to someone or something. Um, and, you know, if we think about it, brain, um, it's, an assault, it's an organ that needs to be warmed up. Uh, it needs to be given time to uh, grow and develop, rest and recover. And we don't give it that. You know, we go to bed at night time and then most of us set our iPhone alarm in the morning and you pick it up straight away at five o'clock, six o'clock, and you start scrolling straight away. Um, whereas if you're an athlete and you go out in the track, you'd go through a you know a routine first where you'd go from a walk to a jog to a sprint to run throughs to stretching to all that sort of stuff. And maybe half an hour or 45 minutes into it, you'd actually start your training session. But unfortunately for our uh, for our mental health, we don't do that. It's, it's from zero to hero. Um, and I think for a lot of people, we aren't just giving ourselves enough downtime and um, I think it's really important to be selfish. And one thing, you know, I encourage all your listeners, Warren, to do is set boundaries, you know, and, and run your body like a small business. Yeah, so talk a bit about those boundaries, like when you talk about setting boundaries, um, like what aspects of, of your life do you need to set those boundaries in? Yeah, and I, I talk a lot about being multidimensional, and I think a lot of us are too single-minded and it's you know 100 exercise or 100 nutrition or 100 you know fasting or you know let's give up alcohol for the month and then you know once you give up alcohol again you go from zero to hero again and i always tell my clients whatever you do be better than average you know so if there's 52 weeks in a year let's look at a structured exercise program 45 weeks in the year if there's seven days in a week let's do four days of structured exercise you know obviously three and a half you always want to be better than average if there's um, 60 minutes in an hour, exercise for 40 minutes or 45 minutes. So really be strategic with how you allocate your time and look at the things. And I always talk about the perfect threesome and that's uh, physical fitness, that's nutrition and that's rest and recovery. And I think if you can nail those three, um, then you're going to feel better and, and function better. Yeah, and it's, a, it's interesting that you say those things because that's going to be the theme of the next few podcasts is around, you know, obviously your physical health, um, your mental health, um, your nutrition and sleep, and they're really important things to, I suppose, to arm people with tools so um, they can get into those habits. And, and, and talking about um, habits, what are, some of, what are some of the successful habits that you can um, – put into your life that that helps this process um evolve a lot easier what are some of what you know you're talking about setting boundaries but what are some of the the habits what you know that you've noticed or that you know are successful yeah awesome question and again why i sort of delve a lot a lot about personal uh, personal health accountability and bio-individuality regardless of what industry you work in, where you work, whether you're FIFO, whether you stay at home, whether you're in the office 24-7 or if you work, um, you know, different time zones, everyone's got the same amount of hours in the day. It's that 24-hour schedule that I say, if you're going to perform at your peak, break down that 24 hours in a day and and look at it and implement changes. So if you're getting up at five, always set your alarm, get up at five, and then look at how you can start the day correctly. So start with water, start with movement, start with mindfulness, and start with breakfast. So set yourself up early in the day for success, and that's allocating time. You know, when you really got to block out time and be selfish, you can't function at full capacity if you're not 100% hydrated or um, you're not mentally stimulated or ready to fire. So I think it's really important that, Warren, I'm, 
I mean, you're a great example. You travel a lot on the road and it's super hard when you're on the road. Stick to a routine. A lot of my corporate execs are saying, listen, nothing changes regardless of what time zone you're in. You get up and you have your 200 mils of water. You have protein first for breakfast. You move a little bit before your meetings and then you sit down. So it's really trying to structure you know, your week. Um, and, yes, your week's change depending upon you know, what your commitments are. But I'm only after really four days of structured exercise. But I want you, know, you to eat well, sleep well, the majority of the, the seven days or the 168 hours in a week. I think you just touched on something and obviously we've we've chatted a little bit over the last couple of months and that's a thing that I found myself obviously traveling a lot. It is hard, but also working from home and that's something post-COVID that a lot of people are doing where, you know, you get up out of bed and it's just as easy to walk from the bedroom to the office, sit down and start your day's work without preparing, you know, and and all of a sudden it can become, become fairly overwhelming and that's where I found myself, particularly after a, a fairly busy three months leading into Christmas, you know, I just found myself totally overwhelmed, totally worn out and uh, I suppose totally burnt out and that's one of the things that you know that I wanted to talk about I read one of your blog posts on your website about um your burnt toast theory and and um and it was <clears throat> it kind of resonated with me because I think a lot of people in 2023 leading out of COVID particularly in Victoria uh experienced a lot of burnout or a lot of overwhelm um because and a lot of people that I spoke to talked about being tired or or stressed or yeah just totally overwhelmed and and obviously there's other aspects in the world at the moment going on that are overwhelming for people so um can you talk a little bit about you know uh, about burnout and and how to combat that really well yeah and it's fascinating you know same with social media and what you see on um, instagram and facebook there's there's a very small minority of people that can work 24-7, that live off no sleep, exercise like a lunatic um, and push through 24-7. And again, as we know, um, and that's why it's sort of called Facebook, not everything you see is real. And when it comes to burnout, I think, as I touched on it before, it's really important to set those boundaries. And if you are working at home, Give yourself some time where you're not reading emails, when you're not scrolling Instagram, where you're not scrolling through LinkedIn and social feeds or, or turn off your notifications. It's really imperative to give yourself some downtime. And I guess I'm fortunate that I work a lot you know, with um, C-suite execs that um, are familiar with Australian rules football or their sporting. You know, they understand high-performance sports. And I say it's no different. You can't you know, perform at full capacity all the time. If you're an elite athlete, you go through training cycles and you must do the same as a, uh, you know, to live a ha- happy and healthy lifestyle, whether you're in the corporate setting or if you're out in the farm or wherever you are. Um, it's really important that you, you give yourself some time to switch off, rest and relax. And I, I know meditation or yoga or mindfulness might not be, you know, for everyone, but I think everyone can find something uh, that allows them some opportunity to, to de-stress. And for, for many of my people up here in the Northern Rivers, it's going fishing, it's going camping, it's you know eliminating that white noise, going surfing, getting out in nature. Um, and in the big cities, there might be people that you know exercise and go for a run or, or do something um, where they can actually allocate some time for themselves rather than being a slave to everyone else. And I think 
first things first is really prioritizing your time um, and understanding that you're the most most important thing uh, first and foremost. And I guess the last 24 months, Warren, I've gone in as a contractor into the drug and alcohol rehab space. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, you know, drug and alcohol, they, these are dysfunctional human beings. The people that I'm working with are extremely functional, highly successful corporate execs um, that are, you know, either on cocaine or alcohol um, and they come into this environment and we work closely with them for four weeks. And I guess one of the key things we get them to do is, you know, change your environment, you know, and and look at things you can change outside of the workplace or inside of the workplace that's going to complement you going forward. And for some that might be leaving the current working environment doesn't suit doesn't suit them or unfortunately finding a different peer group when, when you go home you know you can't socialize with that sort of people because it's de- you know it's detriment to your health and your, your overall well-being but it's, all, it's that old um, Australian mentality you know I'll sleep when I'm dead sort of philosophy and a lot of people sort of abide by that and keep pushing and pushing and pushing but unfortunately at some stage your body will give um, so it's time to respect it now before you do get overwhelmed or or fall in the hole. Uh, that's something that I yeah talk about like when that that overused word of resilience that I talk about particularly in in the rural communities that I work in and, and it's something that I found you know resilience is a good trait to have but the thing is if you're um, just keep picking yourself up dusting yourself off and moving forward without taking into regard your own mental health or your own well-being you can only do that so many times before something's going to give and um, I think that's something that I share through my story is you know you've got to make sure that you stop and look and that part of being resilient is that process of being able to stop and and look around one of the things you just touched on about the drug and alcohol um, thing it's um, you know it's a you know something that's brought up quite often around you know mental health and and your physical health and that and and it, and it seems to come in trends like you know I know growing up you know there was a group of fellas that might have you know smoked a bit of weed or something like that and then the next group that come through were trying something a bit harder and then the next group that come through mightn't have done anything and then you know there's these these patterns but at the moment there's a kind of a a concerning pattern around you know drug and alcohol use and you know and which is leading to other things like violence and stuff like that like even in our own little town last week you know something that's never been seen you know in the main street there was a stabbing like that's just and it's probably was fueled by some sort of alcohol or drug dependency and so um so you're you're seeing that a lot in your work that you know that that cycle of you know to be able to perform, you need to be able to take the, you know, some sort of stimulant or, you know, or something to relax or whatever to be able to stay in that field. And 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 how hard is it to step out of that? Like, you know, you said change careers, but that's a big thing. So how do you coach people through that? Well, when I say change careers, I, I probably misinterpreted that behavior change organisations, but, you know, yep. as I said, staying alone. But it's really difficult when you're, you know, within a company and, and that company culture might be, you know, drinks, you know, a couple of nights a week or, you know, once a month or whatever. But the people that I'm dealing with, the majority of them, it's a coping mechanism. Uh, you know, one, one guy had 3,000 staff, you know, he's looking after 3,000 staff uh, globally. 
the way for him to switch off or to slow down was to drink heavily, you know, and he just got into that pattern where he got into the stage where he's having a bottle of vodka a night and a bottle of vodka a night. And, you know, part of the, the perks of his work, he had a driver 24 hours a day. So he didn't need to be driving. He got to the stage where he could function um, uh, okay. But it, for him to actually minimise, you know, the stresses in his life, it, it was it was self-medication. And we see it time and time again, whether it's drugs or alcohol, um, people are turning to and unfortunately the success rate is is really poor um you know 40 percent for aa for al- al- alcoholics um stay clean and for narcotics is about 20 percent um so it's really sad that you know society says that um you know we, we need to be going down this road as, as a way to cope rather than looking at natural medicine or, or resources that we can do or and effectively, if we if we run our body like a small business and be a bit selfish earlier on, um, and and pr- prioritise yourself first and foremost, hopefully it doesn't get to the stage where you need to, you know, overindulge in uh, in a substance. But you know, the hospitals that I'm uh, working with or contracting with now, um, there's not enough beds. Yeah, and I think that's just a <laughs> that's. Yeah, that's a common theme across most of the of the, the the health industry, whether it's your mental health, drugs and alcohol, whatever it is, it's there's just not enough beds at the moment. Um not enough um throughput through the system to be able to help as many people as they can. So the link between physical health and mental health, like we've discussed a lot of those things, um what what link do you see and, and how important is it? Yeah, it's, it's huge. And there's so many synergies and I don't think you can have one without the other, um, in all honesty. And for one reason or another, whether it's because people don't like being uncomfortable, people don't value physical fitness um, enough. You know, I think people are at the stage now where they're, they're learning to meditate or, or they're willing to try things um, are comfortable with the basic function of getting out getting your heart rate up and lifting heavy things three or four days a week people don't do um unless they've they've been told by a doctor that's a necessity and you know i work heavily with um, psychologists and psychiatrists and they're 100 percent of the view now that the best medication is exercise for, for mental health um for years and years and years people have been going for medication over you know physical motivation um, and physical movement, but they're now at the stage where they're doing studies to test the benefits of exercise. Um, are there any kind of official medication that helps people mentally? So, uh, my uh, my biggest concern is how do you get people that uh, are looking for a quick fix? How do you get them out there exercising at a level of intensity that's going to be of benefit? And the people on the the studies that are happening in this space at the moment are saying that it might just be as simple as doctors writing a script and saying, okay, you need to exercise, you know, three or four days a week and this is your contract and this is what you need to do um, rather than giving them a script that they hand over to a pharmacist. They'll uh, hopefully see an exercise physiologist or a personal trainer or a health professional that be able to get them back on track. So as that exercise physiologist or that personal trainer, how do you overcome like say say if someone got written that prescription and they come to you um yep. obviously that's not a quick fix so in some cases yeah um how do you overcome you know that challenge where people go well you know 
that instantaneous um, satisfaction, I suppose, where people want instant results because that's what we see all the time. How do you overcome? How do you overcome that um, with your clients? Well, that's our busy, biggest barrier, I think, Warren. Absolutely, but I think if you can get a client in early, within the first two weeks, you can change the way they feel and function. And I think that intrinsic motivation then allows them to understand that this does work, you know, and, and I would give you a simple tip, you know, and I say oh, to all of my clients, drink 150 mils of water every hour, every hour that you're awake, you know, and most of us function in that dehydrated state. So I, I say, okay, Warren, I want you to eat more protein. I want you to move more. I want you to get your heart rate up. I want you to lift heavy things and be well hydrated. If you can do those steps every day, um, as I said, for at least four out of the seven days a week, you'll start feeling better. I think once you start feeling better, then you'll start looking better. But too many of us go to the scales first and foremost, and I never put clients on the scales. Um, I'll get them to, you know, this is how you look, this is how you feel, this is how you function. We'll do a basic functional test first and foremost to see where they're at, their level of conditioning. Um, and then from then on, we'll just, you know, create a program to suit them and, you know, like every industry, there's a lot of cowboys out there uh, and a lot of people do go too hard too fast and people get a bad experience with a personal trainer or an EP because it's too hard. And they get up the next day and they're too sore and they can't move and they can't do this. So they've done a little bit too much. But I, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I always say to everyone, you've got to be consistent, you know. And as you say, before we came on the podcast, I think we were talking about, the success rate of um, New Year's resolutions. We know that everyone, you know, 90% we've already dropped off um, as we approach the uh, the end of Jan already because we're just not consistent, you know, and we have one bad day and we, we throw the towel in, um, you know, but you've just got to settle up, get back on the training track, you know, learn a lesson and say, okay, listen, I travelled this week. I found that I wasn't exercising. How could I do it differently next time? And, that might be packing your runners or, you know, doing a little bodywork program before you go you know, to bed of a night time or when you wake up in the morning before you go to the you know, breakfast buffet, you do something, you know, in your hotel room. But I think if you can prioritise your time first, then the consistency will come with that. And as I said, it's that, uh, that perfect threesome. Start with your sleep, then your nutrition, and then move, and uh, you'll be well on the way to getting the results you're after. Yeah, so we've talked about some of the things, and we've talked about um, meditation and 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 stuff like that. That, as you said, not everyone's going to be into, but there's obviously mindfulness plays a part in this as well. So that's got to be some. You've got to find something that works for you. Um, as you said, and and everyone's got this preconceived idea, like you said, that you know you've got to go to the gym and you've got to you know bust your ass basically. Um, so what are some of the simple tips and strategies that you could give to the audience that they could just do today? Like, you know, something that they don't need. They don't have to go to the sports shop or Kmart or wherever and buy a heap of gym gear or whatever. And, you know, especially and one of the things I suppose with, I suppose, blokes my age or, you know, if if you if gym was your thing, going to the gym is quite a, a daunting experience if you haven't been there before and you're surrounded by all these ripped blokes that are you know some of them most of it's not real (laughs) and um you know some of them have worked really hard but some of it's not real 
Um, you know, what are some of those simple little things? Like, for instance, a mindfulness thing like meditation probably doesn't work really well for me, but I've now got a, a thing, a mantra that I, I say. And if I'm stressed, one of the things I – and I don't know if you've seen the other day, I was on Sunrise on the on Channel 7 and, and someone gave me a tip. So I did that interview with no shoes on standing on the grass just to be able to ground myself out so I could focus and and – de-stress a little bit out of the whole situation so what are some of those little simple little strategies that people can put into their day apart from the stuff that we've talked about yeah good question and again i, I sort of look at everyone on an individual level and i sort of hop on individuality what's right for warren's not going to necessarily be right for tory but i think you can't go um past body weight exercises you know um, and I might say, right, Warren, whatever your age is, do that amount of reps with bodyweight exercises. So you can break down, you know, your 40 years of age, Warren, you can break oh, yeah. down those 40 reps yep. into push-ups, squats, sit-ups, lunges, um, or bar pulls. So you can pick some exercises. And whatever your age is, you've got to create a program around, around your age. So you might do 10 push-ups, five squats, five lunges, 20 dips. And then you hit your age. And if you can do that and you find it easy, then increase it the next day. So still keep the same rep range, but do two sets instead of one set, you know, and then again, do three sets. And then you might throw in a different exercise. So I always say to clients, you don't get any smarter reading the same book every day. And your body's the same. If you do the same exercise program every day, you won't get change. It needs stress and stress is good, you know. So if you're going to the gym or if you you want to get fitter and healthy and drop a few kilos, get your heart rate up for a little bit longer or do a couple more extra reps or increase the weight and do less reps. You've got to change, you know. Variety is the key. So change the order of exercises. So for you, I'd say, right, Warren, you're going to go from your house to the front gate and back. Time yourself. And if 10 out of 10 is exhausted and zero is sitting on the couch having a beer or a wine, you want to be about a 7 out of 10. So if I rang you on the way to the front gate, you'd be yes, no, yes, no, but you couldn't have a conversation. Yep. You know? And then when you get back to the, the porch, you'll do 10 squats, 10 lunges, 10 push-ups, 10 dips, um, hold a plank for as long as you can, um, and then, then that, that's one round down. You know? And I, I always say to people, you don't need an hour. You know, give me 20 minutes. Yep. You know, give me 20 minutes four days a week. That's better than nothing. People think, oh, I haven't got time, I haven't got time. You've got time. Um, you know, and you have to be lifting. You have to be doing some kind of resistance training. There's enough evidence out there um, in terms of the benefits of lifting and it can be body weight exercises. I'm not saying go to the gym, but, you know, the old push-ups or, you know, pull-ups or bar pulls or squats or lunges or step-ups, there's enough to do um, with your own body weight um, that's going to be advantageous in terms of how you look, feel and function. Yeah. No, it's um, some some good advice because I know that. Variety is the key, yeah. So um, you just talked about that was an interesting concept about um, good stress and bad stress. Um, so you're you're saying like putting yourself under that little bit of stress is, is a good thing and I suppose it works the same as resilience, like out of a stressful situation you build resilience and I suppose that's the same with your physical, um, physical health as well. And it's a fine balance, as I said. You know, there's plenty of people that train too hard and then they get injured or they have a train, they can't keep going. So it's trying to find a happy medium. And, you know, finding a training partner is always good because they keep you accountable. But, again, you're always going to be at different levels. So, 
you know, ideally I try and educate people that 10 out of 10 is exhausted, zero is sitting on the couch having, you know, watching a movie. You want to be about a 7 out of 10 and hold that for 20 minutes um, and then you'll get enough cardiovascular fitness, aerobic capacity to be able to perform. But, you know, I can't harp uh, on the, uh, the, the importance of consistency, you know, and variety. And the same with your nutrition. You know, you, you look at how people eat and I know you're going to go down that track and you'll have a nutritionist on your podcast who's way more um, experienced than me to talk on this. But I think we overcomplicate it, you know, and we've just got to look at our food groups, proteins, carbohydrates and fats and make sure every meal we've got cut protein, carbohydrates and fats, you know, and, 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 you know, it's that dirty word, fats, fats, good fats are, are fine, you know, avocados, oils, nuts. Um, are fine but i think if you look at the way we eat and consume today it's not seasonal eating anymore like it used to be you know you can eat any product any time uh, of the year and as a farmer you know too well you know there's all you know it's uh, seasonal fruit is a thing of the past you know everything's packeted or frozen or you know you, you can get things all the time um and we're dictated by the the marketing uh, companies out there and way too much uh, food is on the shelf is not good for you so i suppose from from our discussion your 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 key takeaways would be um keep it simple consistency those sorts of things they're they're the things that are going to get you the best results and 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 it may take longer than you're expecting but you yeah and I think Warren and I always talk about it. we've got more access to information and education these days through smartphones, internet, AI, all this sort of stuff. But if you look at our chronic disease, they're continually on the rise. Yeah. But we're we're smart humans. We know what's right and wrong. But as yep. a society, you know, diabetes. You know, you look at dementia. You look at obesity. You look at you know. Uh, mental health and depression, like they're continually getting higher and higher, which is frightening because we know more, we have access to more, but we're just not implementing it. And I think as you you touched on, simplicity is the key. Yep. Um, stay true to who you are, follow a plan, you know, and you're, you're a small business owner, I'm a small business owner. You look at your profit and loss probably daily, if you know, and if not daily, you'd look at it weekly just to make sure you're making some money and you should do the same with your health. You know, what are the good things you've done this week? What are the bad things? What can you eliminate or change? Okay, I went to too many social events or, you know, I had a couple of work functions and I drank and I didn't need to drink or I had the finger food and I didn't need to have the finger food and it's just creating balance. And, yes, it's going to be uncomfortable and, yes, you're going to have to say no to a few things, but that's life, you know, and I think that's the important part. You can't have everything all the time. Uh, but if you're willing to make a few small sacrifices, be consistent for a long period of time you'll get you get the results you're after absolutely fantastic no that that's great advice so um before i've got some random questions to ask you so people want to reach out um find out some more information or you know where can where can we look for you where can we find you on um the internet or yeah yeah i do a lot of stuff on linkedin uh, yep. in that corporate health space. Yeah, so just Tori Truitt on LinkedIn and the same on Instagram is, is Tori Truitt as well. Um, I've got a website, uh, the, the same, same little Tori Truitt. And I guess my key business that I've been doing sort of the last 24 months is personal health accountability. Um, yep. And for me, that is creating a road. I call myself, you know, I remember you and I did a uh, 
a public speaking course years ago, Warren, um, which was good, and that's where the Unbreakable Farmer came from. And you know, I was sort of became a health bloke, but I look at myself now as a, a lifestyle architect. So I'll look at your lifestyle and say, right, Warren, this is what you're doing. Your lifestyle is not going to change, but what can we add to it and subtract to it to create for your environment for you on a uh, personal and professional level? So I'm doing a lot of personal health accountability, one-on-one work, um, and executive health coaching. And you know, structurally, I think if we can get the foundations right. Then over time, then we can build a really good, uh, a really good end, end point. Yeah, fantastic. Well, mate, as I said to you, um, we've got a couple of random questions for you, so hopefully it doesn't put you under the pump too much. But, um, and hopefully you'll be able to answer them all. Um, so, what is a what is a hidden talent or skill that you have that most people don't know that you have? Oh, wow. I've kept this a secret for so long. Um, equestrian, equestrian, jumpers. Bloody hell. I used you'd, to do three days. You'd look good in a set of, in a pair of jumpers too, mate. <laughs> Give me some chaps and I'm away. <laughs> um, so was that a, a childhood thing or is that something you've done as an adult or it sort of went all the way through. I grew up with two older sisters. Um, yep. which you know, I would have always loved a brother and you know, maybe I would have been a footballer if I did. But, um, yeah, from the age of five until I was sort of 35, yep. I would ride six days a week, you know, um, travel around Australia. And a couple of the people I, I rode with for 10, 10 years are now in the Australian Olympic team, Sam Griffiths and Amanda Ross. So, um, yeah, all out of Turret and Pony Club. Bugger me. There you go. That's a, That was a good question then. I found out something. Um, <laughs> and if you could have a superpower um, for 24 hours, what would it be and how would you use it? Uh, a super, I'd love the ability to uh, to fly. I'd just, you know, and if I could just sort of click my fingers and go somewhere, I'd love to be able to be uh, – in one place within five minutes, whether that be overseas. And as I said, you know, I do a little bit of corporate speaking and um, do a lot of facil- workshop facilitation, and my business, as you do, and that dead time and that wasted time in air- airport lounges or in transits just does my head in. Um, and yeah. I know I should be you know, writing a book or doing something and being productive, but, yeah, I'd love, I'd love the ability to fly. You know, that's a good one. I think I do the same. Or the ability to be able to parachute as the plane's descending into Melbourne, be able to parachute yeah. half an hour out because that would save the three-hour drive home from the airport. Um, um, have you got a goal or a dream that you've had since childhood that you'd still like to achieve? Yes, I do. I've got a... Um professional goal in terms of what I want my business to look like and you know, as I said I, when I had my business in Melbourne I probably had 15 staff and maybe 20 subcontractors um, but I found myself you know I was on the go all the time and that's probably one reason I wanted to reject from hospitality uh, reject from health and get into hospitality because I was told it was going to be easier 20 hours a week make more money da, da. but I'm now a one-man owner operator um, which I'm happy with but I will I'm really passionate about helping people achieve success through health. So if I could have any impact, it would be helping, and I shouldn't be um, gender specific, but 
I do a lot of space with uh, men um, and I'd love to have an impact on men um, to be more more accountable for their health and well-being and um, I see it with women from an early age they always chat and share and go and see doctors and all that sort of stuff and blogs don't I've been writing this book as I said to you earlier on for about 20 years and it should be published within the next six months. And a key component is trying to get men to become max. Um, and that is an acronym for men always consult someone. Uh, and I think we don't do that, you know. And when I was in a hole earlier on in that hospital space, I just bottled it all up, you know. And instead of speaking to my mates um, after work or during my shift, I'd, you know, sit in the car and drink beer and not want to go or sit in the driveway and wait till the lights went because I didn't want to tell the kids that it was an old and we're losing money, but the show and positive and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think, um, yeah, personal health accountability and having a real impact on men's health um, would be awesome. And one last one, if you had the chance to meet your younger self, um, what advice would you give them? Yeah, it's... It's amazing, you know, and as I said, so the last three years have been horrible on a personal professional level and I've often wondered what if, what if, what if and I've always been self employed. Um, whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, and my wife says now it's unemployable, you know, like I've you know, created a lifestyle and never had a CV and all that sort of stuff. I've just always worked for myself. Um, but I think as a younger self, and I'll say it to my kids, uh, and I'll encourage them to try and identify what you want to do early, but really find yourself a really good mentor um, outside of your peer group, and ideally in the profession that you want to be in, um, and learn and follow and respect everything that they do, and ideally, you know, follow in their footsteps if they've created something successful then it's, it's the best person to learn from. Yeah, fantastic advice, mentor. Yeah, men- mentorship on it on, on every level, Warren, is is awesome. And, and I think for you as a small business owner, collectively how we've done these these groups together and public speaking groups, I guess we can all learn off each other. Um, regardless of what industry we're all in, we're all small business owners. We all have this, you know, the same struggles. Um, you know, and at the moment you're struggling to find time for yourself, for your health, because you're too busy focusing on the finances, you know, and I think finance and fitness, they cross-pollinate just as well as um, physical and emotional wellness. And, you know, I think if we can align ourselves with a mentor or a a group, and that's why I think Alcohol Anonymous works so well because they've got this sponsorship program, you know, and they align themselves with someone that's been there and done it and lived it, and they can understand it. And if you and I have a conversation online or offline about our struggles, I'm sure they'd be completely the same. Yeah, you're a husband, yep. you're a father, you're a small business owner. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, we're, we're all in it together. Yeah, and I think that's, yeah, one of the important things is like my unbreakable wheel of well-being model and, you know, finance, whatever affects your well-being, make up the spokes of those wheels and, and whether you've got a, a mentor for each one of those sections, you know, just because 
you know, you've got a mentor for your business doesn't mean that they're going to be a good mentor for your personal life, you know, because they might be on a totally different, yeah. So it's it's having a range of people in your in your circle to be able to help you navigate the challenges that, that life throws at us. Well, mate, I really appreciate re- Go again. Sorry. That conversation, that, you know, I encourage you, your listeners to think about is if you're a professional athlete, who's in your team? You know, who's your coach? Who's your massage therapist? Who's your psychologist? Who's your dietitian? Um, you know, and th- that's what you want to start thinking about. You know, who are the key people in your life that are going to influence you? As you said, then your financial advisor is not going to be able to talk to you about your health and fitness, but you need to have an expert in each, in each area for you to be, you know, um, successful. So I think it's really important for your listeners to think about you don't need a huge team. Um, you just need a team. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and obviously filter the advice in the noisy world that we live in. Filter anything that you hear fairly well because, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of noise out there. And I think we've we've touched on a, a simple strategy today and, and that's keeping it simple um, and not, not overcomplicating things. And um, so I really appreciate your time today, mate. As I said, as I knew already, this was going to be a good conversation. It was probably going to lead us wherever we were going to go, but obviously finding out that you're an equestrian master and you're <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's the, the nugget to take away from today. But um, really appreciate your time and um, yeah, look forward to catching up sometime down the track when I'm up your way and um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, mate. Thank you very yeah. much for coming on. Appreciate Warren and um, all the best to your listeners. And as I said, whatever you do, be better on average and, and keep it consistent and keep it simple and you'll live a happy and healthy life. So uh, swings and roundabouts. Cheers, mate. Thank you. So, cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode with Tori Truitt. I hope there was some value um, that you can take away from from um, this episode and implement into your life um, and make 2024 the best year ever. Please like, comment, subscribe to the podcast so you can keep up to date with, with future episodes or look back at past episodes. I look forward to your feedback. You can also check out my website, Uh, find out a little bit more about the services um, that the Unbreakable Farmer provides and also subscribe to my newsletter. Uh, It's a fortnightly newsletter with all news um, and plenty of articles there to check out. There'll be links in the show notes to, um, to check that out. But until next time, be unbreakable.